Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary, and kids are definitely creepy. Oh, oh, oh! So correct. Oh, oh, oh. Do I always do a Santa voice in maybe, the intro to maybe, Mummy and Daddy? Yeah, I think you do. Okay, great. You're around. Maybe I should have gone Elvin. Mm. Oh. Would that have been good? That's how elves talk. Yeah, I, w- I immediately thought of Lord of the Rings, Elvin. Oh, yes. I, yeah. if I was just like, Rostiga. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, good. By the way, 20 years since Lothar came out. I thought you meant since we started this podcast. 20 <laughs> years. Seems since... like 20 years since we recorded an episode, That's Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 2021, the worst year on record. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's totally fine to uh, just chalk it up to a very terrible year. But I'm excited to be back on our game, Mummy X Diddy wise, that's in 2022. Right. I can't, I can't say about anything else. But I know for the podcast, I'm excited to get back on track. Heck yeah! And put our listeners back on their heels. They're gonna be so surprised by all the changes coming. <laughs> it's probably not true. It probably sound a lot like this. <laughs> yeah, but just with hopefully some greater frequency, um, send us your movie ideas too. I would always love to hear from people about what they're thinking would be a fun way to even kick off the year. Um, we haven't decided on our next one yet, but we certainly decided on this one. We did pick this one because it is a Christmas classic. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Christmas horror movie. Ever since I was a boy, I watched the children. <laughs> Um, Back then, they seemed so old. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you may not have seen this movie, and that's okay. That's all right. We're going to tell you all about it. Um, we're going to do a recap as usual. And get, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in. But um, if you haven't seen it, you you don't have to. I don't, I don't think you don't have to. It is free on Tubi, <laughs> if you like. Yeah, it's it's fun. I do think that Tom Shanklin, the director and co-writer of this movie. Tom, old Tom. I think he must have had kids. I think it's a very, um, there's a lot of realistic kid stuff in it. And and I thank him for that because it's really the the redeeming thing in this movie. But, you know, much like a movie we just saw, Nightmare Alley, I feel like it could have been a short film. This, oh yeah, yeah this yeah. movie you know like when there's just certain movies you watch and you're like coulda coulda made this as a short film interestingly in enough college, he was nominated for two bafta awards for short films in well, 1999 and 2000 so that is that's his medium yeah and that is very hard to do i have to say i think short films are harder than um feature films a lot of times because you really gotta it's gotta be so good in such a short amount of time. And, and it makes sense, too, as a director, uh, while his biography makes no mention of children, 
this was the last feature he did and he went straight into TV and has done a ton of stuff, including some of our favorite shows like The Leftovers and <gasps> House of Cards before Kevin Spacey was canceled. And wow. uh, and also some of the Marvel Netflix series, um, The Hated Iron Fist is pure trash and The Punisher, which is really good. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Shankland. You're a short form guy. Yeah. Just well, own it. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of fun things in this movie. I'll, I'll give it that. It might not make it into our Christmas rotation as a Christmas film. No. Um, what where, was that French Criterion Collection movie that we watched that also is not making it into our Christmas rotation? Do you remember? It was probably also called The Children. Well, no, I don't know. Well, this uh, felt like that. It was. It's okay. I'll figure it out while we talk. <clears throat> it's called the Christmas Tale. Oh, we tried to watch it once, and it's just like super depressing. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that happens sometimes. Um, it's hard to find a new Christmas movie to that you like so much. That yeah, you, that you add in. Um, listeners, if you have discovered a new Christmas movie that you love, not it doesn't have to be new. Um, could be old. But for instance, our our friends Ashley and Patrick love the film Mixed Nuts, which is a great uh, Christmas movie set in L.A. Steve Martin, Rita Wilson, the Madeline Kahn. I mean, it's just and it's so funny and weird. And um, and I'm very excited to watch a movie, a new movie called Single All the Way. Um, very fun. I'm very what a excited. Silly about title. It. Oh man, it looks great. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is in it, along with a lot of other fun people. Um, and I've heard it's hilarious. So, you know, you got to try these things out, you know? Um, you do. Well, and my my uh, vote has been for the long kiss goodnight to go in the in the place of Die Hard if you need a new action Christmas movie. It is all set during Christmas, a 1996-ish. I was so Gina surprised. Davis, Samuel L. Jackson vehicle. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Oh, it was really fun. Um, uh, Carol's halfway through it and... You know, it's a. I think it's I think a good time. First, I think, I think the could... first half is great. <laughs> it takes us some time to do things, as you as you well know, <laughs> on this podcast. But today we have we're up against a deadline here, so we're going to try to jam through our our notes and gloats about the children. Mm-hmm. Hear what we wrote because we're going to give blood today. Yes. Highly recommend doing that this Christmas season if you haven't already. That's a fine way to give back in the form of blood. That's right. It's very Mummy X Daddy of us. It is. Give some of the blood you've taken this year. Yeah. I was trying to explain it to Wu earlier. It didn't go well. He's going to come with us, though. Boo's still in school. That's great. Yeah, he's going to come with us. He'll see that it's nothing to be scared of, although... um, you know, I'm sure that'll be interesting for him. Yeah, it is. It will be interesting. And we've, I feel like we've done well. Wu is now double vaxxed, which is great. Woo! And has also gotten his flu shot. So we have had some needle experience and it's, and it is, it is tough. I remember at that age, I still don't really like getting shots and stuff no. like that. I don't mind it. I will do it, but I, I'd prefer not to, you know? No. Um, And I think that's an important it's okay to have that, but like we try to keep it as casual as possible. So it's really good, I think, when you can squeeze it into some other part of your day. And we've talked about it going into it. And what else is helpful? 
having supportive medical people who are providing these services because yeah. we had a very pleasant experience when I took Wu by himself for his second shot, his second dose of the vaccine. He really did not want to do it. And the woman who was helping us at the pharmacy at the CVS was so sweet and so kind and understanding when he just really didn't want to do it and wasn't rushing us out of there. Where I've had two parent friends say that they were asked to come back another time when their kids panicked and couldn't do it. And I think, and this, and Jennifer, shout out Jennifer at the York Boulevard CVS. Uh, she gave Wu a poppet, which he still is rocking. CVS branded poppet, CVS boy for life now, and you know helped distract him. But also, we talked about it. She was happy to let him wait and until he got comfortable. And she was nodding along when I was telling him, like it's you know it's all right to be nervous. We are just going to do it and everything. She was just yeah very supportive. So that's wonderful. Uh, go find those folks. All right, Josh, are you ready to recap this movie? I'm so ready. Um, Do you want me to start? It all started when... (laughs) (laughs) Twas the night before a few days ago. Or did you want to read something? Well, I actually do. I've pulled up a recap by our good friend at this point, Claudia Carvalho, on the Internet Movie Database. He's here? He's visiting for Christmas? Oh, my gosh. I wanted it to be a surprise uh, on air. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm looking up how to say Merry Christmas in Brazilian or Portuguese. (laughs) Feliz Natal, Claudio Carvalho, wherever you may be. I do feel like we got to get him on the show at some point. He's got to have kids, right? Um, (laughs) How could you not? How could you not bed that down? Make him (laughs) get you pregnant. Probably got kids all over Brazil. Oh, yeah. A lot of wild seeds. All right. Um, But he breaks it down. I'm going to take it slow and steady because there's a lot of people in this movie. There's a lot of parents. There's a lot of kids. Yes. Okay. And doesn't matter that you know. (sighs) Full stop. It doesn't matter. Well, it's true. It doesn't. What what really matters. But um, it doesn't really matter. But you can kind of piece together what the ages are here. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Elaine, her second husband, Jonah, her teenage daughter, Casey, and her children, Miranda and Polly. All right. So family of five. Elaine and Jonah. That's clarifying for me. Thank you. Teenage daughter, Casey, and the two little kids, Miranda and Polly, travel to the isolated house of her sister, Chloe, to spend the new year with her family. They are welcomed by Chloe. Her husband, Robbie, and their children, Nikki and Leah. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'd be upset already at a recap, but it, I, this is very helpful. Oh, I think it's great. I'm, yeah. I'm Okay, so that's th- those are the two families. All right. Casey, the teenage daughter, is upset since she will miss a party and Polly vomits, but his parents believe he is sick because of the travel. During the night, Nikki and Leah become also sick. Sure. And Leah vomits something strange. Along the day. (laughs) Piece of work, Claudio. Along the day, the other children become also infected and Miranda attacks Chloe. So little girl attacks the sister 
you know, the Aunt Chloe. Robbie brings the other children to play in the snow, and while riding in a sledge, mm, a sled, Nikki puts. You idiot. <laughs> Stay home. We already have visitors this Christmas. <laughs> um, while riding in a sled, Nikki puts some tools in the way, and Robbie dies with the impact on his head. <laughs> Sorry. Soon the children attack the adults and Casey and her mother seek shelter. Will someone survive? <laughs> I love you. I love you, Claudio. Oh, you made 2020, 2021 and every, fun. every year prior just wonderful. He's been rocking it. Um, He's the Tom Bombadil of our universe. <laughs> He's been around since time immemorial. So many Lord of the Rings references. Oh. There's more coming. Man, I just can't believe that uh, it's been 20 years since it came out. And uh, you and I actually saw Two Towers together. Um, we did, in the theater. In the theater. I just happened to be sitting next to you. Um, went with a bunch of friends. Yes, we had mutual friends in college. We weren't together at the time, for our dear listeners. Yeah, but it's so. kind of, it's very fun to... Um, that memory is 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 just... Lovely, and it's such a great movie. It's true. Um, I think that was already my second time seeing it. I believe that. Yeah, I saw it many times. That was my first, though. Okay, maybe that was my first, but then I saw it two more times. Yeah. Holy I, cow. Oh, my god. What gosh. a life. Oh, I know, right? Oh, those were the days. Um, okay, so this is the movie that we watched, friends, uh, the children, and that's what happened in it. Um, this movie is kind of bananas. There's a lot of... Um, I mean, bad dads, bad stepdads, bad uncles, bad moms, bad kids. No, not bad kids. Sick kids. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of um, very, hmm, very disagreeable parenting moments in this. Um, yes. That are just straight up, you know, hard to watch sometimes or just um, ineffective at, be at, at, at best. Yeah. So, starting with the creepy uncle. So, yeah, yeah Robbie. We can, now we, we know his name, Uncle Robbie. Also a dad. Not like a, this is not a solo additional uncle. Mm -hmm. This is the dad of the house they're visiting. Yeah. Your host. Keeps. You got an additional power dynamic in the mix there. Yeah, keeps um, flirting with the teenage daughter, Casey. <laughs> yeah, um, lets her smoke pot. And yeah. Like it, if you walked in on that situation alone, if you missed everything else, you would be like, what on earth is going on here? Yeah, she's she's not, she's probably 16, 17. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's made to be like, she's trying to be older, but she's not quite there yet because she's not allowed to go to this party. And she, well, in the end, succumbs to this this disease of the children. So um, right. she's still a kid. Still a kid. So the the uncle is just consistently creepy being like, you don't have to call me uncle and like commenting on what she's wearing. And she's like kind of into it, but I think she just knows she can like, it's like a power play. Yeah. I mean, and it it is, it is the unfortunate reality of positive intent of positive attention, especially your parents are divorced. I can't remember if we know what happened to her dad if he's still mm, alive or in the picture or whatever and the stepdad very 
absentee. He's just focused on his Chinese medicine business. And um, and the mom also seems overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed and she seems a little immature. Like in the beginning, she's like kind of pleading with the teenage daughter, like mm. we're friends kind of thing. Like do like do this for me. Like it, it was that was also weird. Although I feel like if we were going to rate the parents, she's probably the best one. Um, yes. She she's does, the only. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only one. I was going to say she's kind of the only, but then I, I stopped myself because I do think that Chloe has her moments. She's trying to do what she thinks is best for the, is best for the kids. And then I, to me, it's almost just a question of, of philosophy or style. You know? Right, right. Well, she's the yeah. one who's always pushing like the gold star for eating and stuff. Yeah. She's like, eat another bite and I'll give you another gold star. She's a little weird. But yes, I think they're they, homeschooling the kids yeah. and all that stuff. And I, which I, yeah. I all I understand, and there's, you know, there are arguments for and against sticker charts and reward systems. Yeah, we've we've talked about them on the show as good things and bad things. That's right. And so this one feels particularly um, pointless in a way. Yeah, it does there's... feel like, or or it's like a what would you call it? Like a it's a a sort of balm for all parenting tasks. Mm-hmm. It is for. For eating and for behavior, yeah, it's and just straight for, up bribery. Yeah, it just and it it doesn't it doesn't seem it seems to miss the mark. Yeah, on how you might use those positively. Yeah, so on Chloe, she's she's a bit of a wackadoo, um, in general. I think she's she's a little unhinged from the beginning, but the but the main mom Elaine, mm-hmm. she's kind of like the person that the story sticks with a lot. She does this great thing. It's like really the only good parenting thing that I saw in the movie, which um, one of the kids does. Oh, it's Polly. She like Polly's doing something and the stepdad like shakes him and Polly hits him and the mom doesn't scold the kid for hitting the adult for touching him or shaking him. She scolds the the her like her her husband her, her husband the, the new dad yeah so that i was like that was just a a jarringly good moment in a movie where i was like this is not you don't often see that like you you would more often see especially in a movie like this that are is a, is a it's about the tensions during the holidays with kids mm-hmm. um it was really nice that she was like don't do that to him you know instead of um scolding the child yeah, it felt very intentional. Yeah, it was that. like, yeah, you think, okay, she, she she's plausibly the one who survives. <laughs> right. Um, Claudio, that's the answer to your question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, the biggest, the biggest one of all. I mean, there's a lot of bad, weird little parenting moves like this, but we have our first spanking of the pod, I believe. Ooh, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I think think at least i don't not famously this is this is a very like marked yeah this was like it's 2009 and i am going to pick up this child and spank him in front of everyone it felt very everything about it was like a screeching halt mm-hmm. slam on the brakes record scratch of a moment mm-hmm. it was like whoa <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just him for, at the end of his rope. I think well, it's again, just, yeah. it did feel like a, it, not appropriate, but it was it was just like, oh wow, this guy stinks. And in case you had any lingering doubts, 
here he is spanking his like new stepson. <laughs> like that's yeah. Also. So it was because they're outside and they're sledding and he's trying to show the, the other guy like his Chinese medicine business and they sled right into it and they like, they spill hot chocolate on all of his papers and his, in his briefcase. That's right. His reports that he, yeah, they start blowing out into the snow, which is crazy. Again, a situation where he deserves to be yelled at for a corporal punishing a, you know, his stepson and for trying to do business at the holidays. Yeah. Like a... leave that at home, dude. Mm-hmm. I know you want these like your rich new brother-in-law to invest in your business. A trash business to begin with. <laughs> and uh seems like a it, he doesn't seem like a very good businessman. No, he doesn't seem he also doesn't seem like he it's not like he's a doctor doing this. It felt like he was trying to restart like Herbalife or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not it's, like, it's scammy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after the spanking, I feel like everything kind of goes downhill from there. That's when the people start dying. That's where the sled, the mm-hmm. actual sledding accident. Oh wait, no. I think the the sledding accident that. With the tools and and Robbie dying, yes. I think that's after like their Christmas dinner. I think that sounds right. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, because he's at Christmas dinner, right? So the Christmas the Christmas dinner scene I really enjoyed because um, there's just like a lot of whining. Yeah, that you can tell like m- most of the kids are infected except for Casey at that point, so they're all going bananas. It mm-hmm. was too real. That was like a very well done scene of like the chaos of trying to have a meal. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt very real. It didn't feel overdone. It was like you've got a bunch of sick kids who are all trying to get a little bit of attention. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. that excited about the meal or being together or any of those any of that stuff. And you're around this big table. You're farther away from each other than you probably normally are when you eat. <laughs> it's just listening to them just doing that like different food they don't want to eat and yeah um and i actually as a whole this movie um one thing i really liked about it was how realistic the house was like nothing was picture perfect nothing was aspirational it was very just like this is a home with three kids Mm -hmm. or two home with two kids two kids kids visiting yeah three kids visiting but everything's just like kind of a mess and Mm -hmm. like very homey christmas stuff like not i really liked that that is almost i I can't even remember the last movie i saw like that that was you know it it reminds me about what i like about poltergeist which is that it's like just a real house and it's not i mean at the time but you know um yeah it felt lived in it didn't feel set dressed which is cool yeah, and, it made it all the more real. And if this movie had been scarier, mm-hmm. that would have been really cool. <laughs> and it is like a big country house. You know, it is like a big suburban house. They have like a hill that you know, not suburban. It's a country house where they can go sled behind it. And it's pretty huge, huge enough to hold another family of three or five there and mm-hmm. comfortably. But yeah, just otherwise like, yeah, very lived in and yeah, fun. Yeah. So everything after um after Robbie eats it. Um Robbie a... so yeah, Uncle Robbie the creepo, 
who doesn't like to be called uncle. We can add that to our list of tricky people tricks. Yeah. Is someone trying to disrupt status, right? Like is trying to befriend a kid. It falls under that line. It's okay if you don't want to be called aunt or uncle. That's fine. But to insist upon it Mm -hmm. when a child should be allowed to call you whatever they want that's not offensive. I think that is (laughs) what is like within reason Mm -hmm. they want to call you just by your first name if they want to call you uncle robbie that's fine if they want to call you you know even a silly nickname that's or a pet name that's up to them that's not up to you to dictate right right uh yeah he's we clock this obviously from the jump so uh, robbie again gets his comeuppance and that's important too he does yeah you're you're not sad really about it although they yeah, they play it pretty serious. I mean, in a, in a good That's way. That's true. Like, it's a serious medical injury, not like he's getting his comeuppance. It's kind of, yeah, it doesn't really play the, in this, yeah, the, like, vengeful way. The tone is of this movie is a little all over the place. Mm-hmm. Because then I think the next crazy thing that happens, once you realize, it, at that point, you're like, the kids are, in, you know that they're sick, but the, the people in the movie are like the kids. Some of, the, are, some of them are aware that, like, the kids are behaving strangely and maybe even at fault for this stuff is like that scene in the tent with uh leah mm-hmm. and she has like disemboweled her father like it's and put a doll inside of his yeah, abdomen like that was yeah, so yeah, yeah. That off was of like tone wise from the rest of this movie yeah but unless there's like there's you know more stuff maybe that they like left out of the movie in the final edit i like that's how off base it was that was like Mm -hmm. oh was this movie longer and there was more weird stuff like that like kid creepy kid stuff Mm -hmm. um but anyway it it was yeah him dying then the tense scene and then a very serious death of polly the child which i didn't didn't like at all it was it was too it was too serious like in the greenhouse when when Polly fall it gets, gets like impaled yeah yeah that was that was weird but so anyway it, things are devolving I think there should have been another adult death before mm-hmm. a kid death personally um yeah but it devolves into a lot of chaos a lot it of, does and a lot of yeah, oh shit <laughs> Shit, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then soon after that, Nikki and Leah kill their mom. That's right. Chloe, yeah, that was very gruesome. Yeah, it was all just a little disjointed, but it mm-hmm. was a like a cool gruesome death or whatever. And then then at that point, Jonah, the stepdad, mm-hmm. leaves with Miranda. Like they they leave the house they they escape mm-hmm. in the car and they leave Elaine and her da- teenage daughter Casey alone with the other three uh, two remaining kids. That's right. I and don't remember why they say they're leaving. Do they take her to a hospital or something? Is that like the idea? They're just like we're getting out of here. Yeah, I think he's just like because he has this weird relationship with her and she, she's sick. And, but she, but they've called nine one. They're waiting for the police. That's the whole thing. Who say you know, like we'll be there in an hour? Yeah. So we know there's also like plenty of time for bad things to happen. But I don't remember if they're, um, 
Yeah, they they bail. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, you see their cars crash. Yes. Yeah, and he 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 gets his. Anyway, it becomes like a standoff between the mom and her daughter, and then the two little kids. And Casey has been like locked in a child's bedroom. She can't get out. She's trying to break the door down. Her mom, oh God, yeah, like the mom has had this like playground accident, like before, yeah, yeah before Polly dies. That's right. She, and Christine has has uh, splinted her up, and ugh. then the kids come and take the two splints off of her, yeah, leg, it, and so that she's just like <laughs> dragging around the house, yeah. So, um, and trying to get. To, yeah, to to Casey, who's yeah. behind the store, and and Josh, who actually did some research I, about because it was very difficult for her to break down this door. It felt weird to me. It felt like I don't think it should be that hard to break down a door. Turns out I was wrong. Mm. It would most likely be that hard to break down a door. Basically, if you, if you're outside of a door, if the door opens away from you i.e. if you're outside an interior door, almost anyone could kick it down without issue. The way you do it, as long as it's not a metal door, is you you kick really above the lock is the place. You mm. put a like a flat foot against it and you shove as hard as you can. That's And you hit that area repeatedly. You don't want to actually hit where the lock is because mm. those are, again, metal parts. You're more likely to injure your foot that way. But that flat foot, it impacting that area above the handle has the m- most, the greatest likelihood of it uh, ripping the lock mechanism out and opening the door. But so she was inside a door. And so it's much harder to break down in a modern house. Mm-hmm. It would probably be possible because it's likely a hollow door oh. and be very easy to kick through. But with this, it was a, you know, it's, it looked like a big solid old door it's a big old country house yeah and so that would be almost impossible your best move would be to remove the hinges if you can and get out that way wow if you don't have keys Um, wow so yeah it was actually it was a quite an accurate like she is locked in this room yeah that's so funny in my notes i'm like realistic door like it was Mm -hmm. so crazy how long it took her and yeah Um, Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I love that. Me too. So if you're outside a house trying to get in, you could do that. If you're inside your house and you're trying to get into a room, you could do that. But inside going out, tougher. Huh. So then she does get out. They, Uh They manage to escape. They're driving along the icy road. They see the car crashed from Robbie and Miranda. Robbie's gone. Miranda's mysteriously gone. And then she sees Miranda like running to like get Casey and she hits her with the car. So the mom yeah. takes out Miranda, her own child. That was cool. But Casey, we see she's infected. And then they just leave it there, right? Yep. I think it cuts to black. They're both in the car, right? But we mm-hmm. see it there. Yeah. So you yep. can see like. Sh- oh, and she does uncover the stepdad in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. We see Robbie's yeah. gone. But what happens is as they're driving away, there's like all these kids that you don't know that you don't know from the mm-hmm. movie there's so many kids in the woods so like it's clear that like this is not just this house that's infected it's some sort of disease that has spread and these poor kids are just sick and not evil yeah um and so this brings me to what i wanted what this movie brought up with me and what i wanted to talk about as far as parenting goes with this movie 
Okay. So my sister, Monica, she's been on the podcast. Yeah, we've heard of her. Yeah, she's actually the first and only guest of the pod. Mm. Anyway, she has talked to me a bunch about this concept of unconditional positive regard. Unconditional positive regard. Yep. And it is a concept. I guess it originally started with in counseling, like uh, doctor to client of just basically always believing that the person is good and worthy of help. And it's funny, what I've read about where it started, it seems to be from this man, Carl Rogers, Carl R. Rogers. But I can't really, it's not like, it's not like in the 40s, Carl Rogers came up right. with this he didn't theory write, of, write yeah. The book about it or whatever. Right. He just talks about it, I guess. Um, but of course, Monica and I have talked about it as far as parenting goes. And I think it pretty much sums up or it crystallizes. I know you love that, Josh. Um, all the things that we, like about these philosophies of no bad kids from Janet Lansbury or good inside Dr. Becky, you know, like all these, all these people, gentle parenting, respectful parenting, Magda Gerber, all this stuff. This is at the heart of it. It's just always knowing that your child is a good kid having a hard time or struggling in some way, an unmet need, an unregulated emotional state. And that it really every every like parenting tip that I like, I feel like it boils down to this of like you just need to kind of be on their side and know that it's not what it might not be what you think it is, you know, like if it's them yelling at you or saying they hate you or whatever, mm-hmm. that there's some other thing going on and that they're good and worthy of all the time and effort we put in. They're worthy of love and they're worthy of attention. And they're like, yeah, it's worthy of also like attending to those issues. Yeah. 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 So like the the reading I was doing on it, just to explain a little bit more. um, So parenting with unconditional positive regard does not mean that you accept and approve of everything your child does. It is not an attitude intended to give the child free reign to behave in whatever dangerous or unhealthy ways they would like. Rather, it is an attitude that allows the child to feel loved and accepted and facilitates the development of self-worth and self-confidence. According to Carl Rogers, showing unconditional positive regard for your children helps them meet two essential needs, experiencing positive regard from others and a positive sense of self-worth. Accepting and loving your child for who she is means not withdrawing or limiting your love and acceptance when she does something you don't approve of. This is conditional positive regard in which you give your child the right message that she, I'm sorry, give your child the message that she's only loved and accepted when she does the right things. So, um, that's also interesting that, in regards to rewards and sticker charts too, right? Like, yeah. that's kind of that negative side of them. Yeah. that It's funny. That quote did say like, according to Carl Rogers. Yeah. But anyway, 1951. Interesting. Long time ago. That was a long time ago. It's taking a long time for people to catch up on their Carl Rogers. It feels like. Um, so I, I just wanted to give that little like official explanation, but, um, it's pretty it's a pretty simple concept but it is i think so what he talks about with with how like what it means in therapy is like if you show people that unconditional positive regard no matter what they're saying or what they're confessing to you or whatever mm-hmm. 
they feel the love that they didn't get as kids. So Mm. like that and that part of it to me was like so interesting because a lot of what we talk about is, you know, like the reparenting of yourself and all this stuff. And like, and hopefully we won't have to, our kids won't have to do that if we do it now for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool to see that. And maybe we're doing some work for this movie by, by saying that the, the reason why these kids are the way they are, obviously it is because of a disease, right? They are, they're sick or infected in some way, as opposed to like a village of the damned or bloody birthday or that we Mm -hmm. or children of the corn, which are all, these are all in the same zone. Mm -hmm. If you like those movies, you may enjoy this uh, or find it derivative, but it's interest. It is a, like an interesting spin on it to just be like, it's an infection. It's only on, it's only infecting kids. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that that's the impetus for, for all this violence and it's global you like it's, right. it's rapidly spreading but around. if they had just like they were so wrapped up in themselves in the holiday and all their stuff like mm-hmm. if they had just been more compassionate and had this used this concept with their kids like maybe they'd all be alive because yeah instead they were like so many of them were so quick to blame like they're they're evil they're attacking you know it's like right Oh, like they they had some sort of sickness and... Yeah, if they had just been paying attention to making their kids feel better, even from the jump, uh, Chloe got upset at her sister when she was like, yeah, he threw up in the driveway. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, are you sure you didn't bring something into the house or whatever, rather right. than just being like, well, is he okay? Right. It was like, don't get my kids sick. Yes. was kind of the closest we got to healing that or paying better attention to them at dinner. Yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah. Unconditional positive regard for your, your sick children, your upset children, seeing what is kind of triggering them in these holiday gatherings or new settings or changes. Yeah. um, Instead choosing to, to blame them at every turn. Right. So I feel like with all the tensions of the holiday, I know it's been helpful for me to, center myself and think about this concept and like just bring it back to like what what's going on here like what is what it what what need is not met what's you know be it attention from me or food you know or something water that they need that might get overlooked while you're rushing around and doing holiday stuff um or just chill out time or whatever it is, like, instead of, like, getting frustrated and thinking that they're, like, acting badly, even though, of course, like, again, it's not just permissive of all those behaviors. It's more just, like, getting to the root cause or, you know, just Mm -hmm. knowing that they're having a hard time. Anyway, so in this time, in this time of holiday... I've just been thinking about how powerful it is to think of that. And also, what if Mm. we could use that not only with our fellow adult human beings, but with ourselves? Mm. Um, Mm. I think about like if I could just have like unconditional positive, positive regard for myself and just... Give yourself that, like, 
grace, especially during the holidays. I think that's a, it's a powerful notion, you guys. Um, Ooh, so well said. Yeah. And I, it reminded me of an episode of Song Exploder that I listened to. Probably. Shout out Rishikesh your way. <laughs> that um, was about the Waxahachie song Fire. Um, you got to check that out. Not just the... We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, not just the podcast episode, but the song itself. It's a great one. Um, but she talks about how the that song is about herself and not about someone else. And it talks about unconditional love. And I thought it was so, so powerful to mm. like have that be a goal <laughs> of like how you treat yourself, you know? I feel like we get we can all be really hard on ourselves. Oh, for sure. That's I mean, that's been the story of my year, yeah. you know, is like giving myself no latitude or thinking that I need to or that like the, or that the ways in which I'm behaving or what how I'm feeling are somehow disconnected from things like mm-hmm losing my brother or things like feeling stressed out at work or that even those three things are not connected or anything yeah. else. And uh, yeah, to, to not give space for that or to think that like you're doing the best that you can when I know that's true, even when you, even when you know you could technically be doing better in a vacuum, you're like, oh, right. I could be doing more work right now or spending time with the kids right now instead of like yeah. laying in bed, <laughs> right? That is that mm-hmm. is true, but that is also, you're operating from like the same reserve of, of energy and ability. And so when it's being zapped from other areas or you have these other outside influences whether that is holiday stress or you have you know visitors or you're and you're working or you get sick or anything else it's you have to uh you have to give yourself a little yeah that grace to to say like this is all this is all connected it is all coming from the one instrument of yourself and so to give yourself a little bit of space to like be um to be and and to feel to know that like you are trying to do your best. You're not trying right. to. Yeah. Like doing your best is trying to do your best. Yes. That's it. It's one and the same. It is all you can do. Yeah. And your kids are doing the best they can with the tools that they have. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a good thing to think about in the holidays all year long, but especially the holidays and especially the holidays of one of the worst years. <laughs> Of all time. Oh, yeah. My worst. Um, Shout out. So that's what we want to leave you with for this last episode of the year. And we hope that you have as much unconditional positive regard for your kids and yourself. As you deserve. As as you deserve. Which is all of it. Yeah. And we wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. We'll be back in 2022 with some... What are those called? Resolutions. Some New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. I think we can do that. And you know what? We're going to rate the movie and the kids on Instagram. We'll put those up for you. Yeah. And you can find out what we really thought about this movie. But for now. Don't be a creep. 
get in touch you can email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeady. We're on Instagram at mummyxdeadypod. You can also visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeady.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is the crown in your Christmas cracker. Mm. Uh-huh. Wow.